Welcome to The Contemplative Life. Three pastors, friends, and spiritual companions help us explore spirituality through a contemplative lens. I'm Christina Roberts. I'm Chris Roberts. I'm Christina Kaiser. We're glad you joined us. Hello. It's great to be with you. Today we are continuing our self-care series here on the podcast where we're talking to people from varying backgrounds and fields of expertise about what they've learned over the years, particularly around this area of self-care. And so today we have with us Sarah Kaiser, and Sarah works as a nurse practitioner in adolescent health. Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So as we begin, we thought maybe it would be helpful to get a little window into your world, maybe beginning a bit with what do you enjoy about what you do? Maybe on the other side of that, what feels more draining or challenging for you? Sure, that makes sense. And I'll give a little more insight into what it is in particular that I do because I'm in a niche when it comes to healthcare. I work exclusively with adolescent patients. So we're talking youth ages 12 to 24. But I feel really lucky to be able to be in a clinic like this because I don't think there's many clinics similar to mine out there, not just with the age group that I care for, but also the patient population. So I work with a lot of local youth to where I live, but also many youth who are newly immigrated to the country and just starting to get their bearings, especially in the medical world and trying to navigate healthcare, which we all know is a very confusing place to be. And so I re- I do enjoy getting youth comfortable with the healthcare system and being their first foray into what it is to see a provider and take care of your health needs. So that is in a nutshell what I do. And then within that category, I would say I do a lot of sexual and reproductive health and a bit of primary care, a mix of both worlds, more sexual and reproductive health given the age category, less primary care, probably an 80-20 split. What do I love? I love the age category. I love the type of work that I do. I think seeking health care for sexual and reproductive needs can be really vulnerable. And so I love being there and being in that space for kids who are nervous or anxious and working with them in a really trauma-informed way. And then what is challenging? I work with teenagers. So I think you can hold babe. It can be wonderful to work with that age group. It's also really hard. The kids sometimes have phone access, sometimes don't. Sometimes they're great with follow-up, sometimes are not. But all in, I'd say pros outweigh the cons in terms of the type of work I do. Other negatives, though, y'all know I'm in healthcare. We are still very much in COVID-19, even though we're post the epicenter of the pandemic. Healthcare providers in general are chronically burned out. And I think that does also apply to folks working in pediatric healthcare as I am. So I'd say we are still very much working through the trauma that was 2020 and beyond. I'd also say in that trauma, many of us are experiencing burnout and the realities of what burnout means and trying to work through burnout. I was recently reading a study, in fact, on pediatric nurse practitioners, which is my degree. I'm a pediatric nurse practitioner. And of those surveyed, 87% reported experiencing clinical burnout, which is a phenomenal number. That's the majority of healthcare providers out there. 87% is um, more than I expected, but also I think makes sense. And that data was just from 2022. So it's not old data. It's relatively new data. 
And that's hard. We all love what we do. Many of us are in this profession because we care deeply and passionately about the type of work it is, about the nursing aspect and the patient care aspect. But also we're tired, we're exhausted, and self-care practices are slipping in that. Yeah, maybe we can unpack a little bit of what you're sharing because it's so fascinating that you have both the adolescent, like that age demographic, which so many changes in a short span of years that you're helping to navigate, and also the immigration piece of people that are maybe coming here and, and learning just an entirely new culture and system. And so I'm curious with that, I'm, I'm guessing that you hear a lot of stories that might be heavy as it relates to you're coming in for one thing, but I'm imagining that other things maybe unfold in a particular session or, or clinic time with you. So I'm curious, how do you hold all of that with keeping the boundaries between your professional life and then your personal life? Oh, that's a really hard question. So we call what you're referring to vicarious trauma. So nurses, I'd say in general, not just in what I do, but in general, carry around a trove of trauma from things that we've witnessed, from exposure to pain and fear, things that have been disclosed to us, often disclosed confidentially. And things that are challenging for us to process, especially those of us that are external processors, because what we're holding is confidential and HIPAA protected information, right? It's not information that we can even legally share with others. So we carry this within, and it's quite heavy, so heavy. In fact, that's the term vicarious trauma. And honestly, I think it holds a lot of power over us as nursing professionals if we are not actively trying to work through it. I love hearing your stories, Sarah, and the things that you're passionate about. And I, I really loved your definition, vicarious trauma. I think in the work that we do, we hear the term counter transference, right? And I think there are probably similar things that happen as you're carrying these heavy stories. And so I wonder, do you have any go-to forms of self-care that are important to you or are there ways in which self-care has evolved for you? That's a great question. So I feel like when I was more novice in my career, um, especially when I had more time on my hands, I'm also a parent. That's not something I mentioned up front, but I do have three young children. So when I think about my early career days, A, I wasn't a provider. I was more at the bedside, so the work was a little bit different. And I don't I had stress related to my profession, but it felt less. Also, I had time not being a parent. So self-care was pretty easy. I, If I was a little bit stressed out from my day, I could take a walk around the block. I could go for a walk in the woods if I wanted to go a bit further. I could read a book. I could wind down my night with a cup of tea. It felt like small things would make a really big difference in lifting my mood. I'd say now... It's a bit more challenging. I feel like the stress that I'm under is a lot more complex at this stage of my profession. And my time is also more limited. I don't have the freedom to just sit and have that cup of tea when I want it or get outdoors and just breathe fresh air when I want to because I'm not just on my own time. I come home from work and I'm immediately thrown into the chaos of family life, of feeding kids, getting them to bed all of the things. So I'd say what's changed is intentionality. If I know that I am needing to take some time, I need to be very intentional about it and I actually need to schedule it. That's looked a lot of ways for me. I'd say more recently, things that I've tried to incorporate as part of my schedule have been exercise, but I have to get up earlier in the morning to be able to do that. I can't just come home from work and go to the gym. It has to be something I do 
but the wee hours like 6 a.m. Or working with my spouse and co-parent on treating childhood duties. We check in with each other and one of us needs time. If I need time, I can say, hey, can you take the kids tonight and put them to bed? I just need to sit on the couch and whatever it is, be present with myself. Sometimes I like to journal. Sometimes I just need quiet, which is rare to have as a parent, but whatever it is, it's the scheduling and intentionality that has shifted. I think the same things still give me peace. I just don't get enough of them. I think if I could get outside and take that walk, that would be really meaningful. If I could have that hour to just have a glass of tea and sit with myself, it would be helpful. It's more that I can't do it when I immediately need to. I know you mentioned the walk. Sometimes people are like, oh, I now walk in the middle of the day. Does that happen for you? Or it's like, no, lunch, we blow right past it. There's no lunch self-care. Is there middle day self-care in any way? Yeah, so I think that's really hard for nurses, right? We are a profession that doesn't have really great boundaries, right? So technically we have a scheduled lunch, but if you're sitting with a patient, especially me as a provider, if you know, my schedule runs long. I'm not going to walk out of the room the moment the clock strikes 12 and say, I'm sorry, I'm going to have my lunch now. Y'all can just hang out and wait for me till I return. No, instead, I have to carry through with what I'm doing. And that's the same for folks at the bedside as it is for us in ambulatory. And I think that's what's so hard about it. We are very often, at least in my world, ambulatory medicine, primary care, we are often scheduled beyond our capacity. And so we are often running through our lunches or through the time we're supposed to end at the end of the day just to see the patients that are on our schedule, which means, no, there really isn't great built-in self. And we feel lucky when we get a lunch. Getting outside beyond a lunch action feels like wildly unrealistic unless you can actually eat your lunch outside (laughs) both at the same time. But it's hard. We're also a profession known to have working lunches, right? So even when we're eating, we're sitting in front of a computer to document so that our evenings are not flooded with overflow work, like the documentation aspect of what we do. So I don't think I do self-care during the day. Do I think it would be helpful? Yes. Does it feel like there's time? Not really. Not in the way that healthcare is set up at this moment. Yeah, I think I'm hearing too, just the reality of, I like how you described that you have more complex stress and complex things that you're the mental load now as you're further along in your career. And I'm also hearing that collective sense of burnout. It's not just that you happen to have a a busy home life and you're like one individual that's a burning out. It's a collective sense with your coworkers and colleagues. So I'm curious as you're holding that space with others that can probably relate and be like nodding their head right now as you're sharing, in what ways are you gaining encouragement or strength from others in your line of work? So I think connecting with colleagues on this is really important. I, in my current role, lead the nurse practitioner group at our greater hospital organization. And so once a month, we come together for whatever agenda items we need to, but also just to connect. And I really value that meeting, having the opportunity to just be in the same space with colleagues who are doing similar work. To connect on personal levels as well as professional levels is always helpful. I can't say that, I I shouldn't say I never walk away feeling like uplifted, but I are not feeling uplifted, but I often walk away like very uplifted after those conversations and just connecting face to face. I think the other thing in healthcare too, when you're in ambulatory medicine like me, you're not seeing your colleagues every day. So I am the only provider 
on site at the clinic that I work at that is a nurse practitioner. We have no physicians. We have no PAs. I'm at, I am the healthcare provider at my clinic. So I work in a very isolated role. I do have other staff that are here with me, uh, but they are not uh, clinicians in the way that I'm a clinician in primary care. So I'm very much by myself and very much isolated. And without that meeting once a month, I wouldn't ever see anybody who is doing the same type of work as me. So it is important. And I think it, it, if I didn't have that, I probably wouldn't have lasted as long as I have in the role that I am in. That's encouraging to hear that you find such meaning in connecting with your colleagues. I think there are a lot of people that can identify with whenever they get together in their peer groups. Sometimes it's more of a gripe session or talking about all the ways in which the system is failing. So that's super encouraging to hear that you find such meaning and connection and hope in gathering with your colleagues. I think maybe a question that comes to me is when it comes to thinking about care going forward, is there anything that you're hoping to add or try in the future? Are there perhaps things that you would go back and say to your younger self as it relates to thinking about healthcare? Yeah, I think for me, like I had said, I feel like I'm experiencing more complex types of stress in my life. I'm going to need to continue to think about doing deeper work. So the superficial stuff just doesn't cut it anymore. Since COVID, I have had some opportunities to connect with a therapist, which has been really helpful. I'd love to do more work with a therapist down the road. I think therapy is self-care. That is taking time to really be introspective and figure yourself out. I think it's really important. And the older I get, the more value I'm placing in it. I feel like everyone should have a therapist. It's so helpful. And also taking the time to not just focus on the day-to-day stuff, but thinking more big picture, right? So am I enduring a level of stress that is sustainable or is it not And if it's not sustainable, like really thinking big picture, what do I need to cut out to make things easier moving forward? Because sometimes we are involved in more things that we can handle. And if we find we're not doing any self-care and we're drowning and we're experiencing symptoms of burnout or symptoms of like the word I use, vicarious trauma, things like constantly feeling like we need to complain or we're irritable or we're angry or we're feeling embittered about what it is that we do and we no longer enjoy things like going to work or spending time at home with our families. Those are all signs that we're not doing enough for ourselves, that we're either giving too much of our time or we're in, we've navigated away from our purpose per se. We need to get back into what it is that really drives us in our life and in terms of our like purpose for our careers. I'm so thankful to hear all the things that you're saying today and you're saying them so well. So thank you so much. As you are looking over the landscape around this topic, are there other things that If we didn't say them today, you would say, oh, man, I really wish I would have said that. I just think it's really important for people to check in with themselves. When we are stressed and we're not putting time in, you can really lose sight of who you are in this world and what what your goals are, what your purpose is. And so taking even an hour every so often to really sit with yourself with an old-fashioned pen and paper and write it right out what's making you happy, what's generating joy, and what is purely generating stress in your life can be really valuable. 
and weighing those lists and helping that guide your decisions in regards to whether or not you are on the right path or whether or not some changes need to happen. Sometimes stress can be solved with simple things and sometimes it takes. And even though change can be scary, it can be the right thing to do. But if you're not checking in with yourself, you're not going to catch those moments where you may need to shift gears. So like I've said a couple of times, I am a proponent of journaling. I think that's really helpful. I also am a proponent of therapy. So like whatever it is that helps you take what's inside and externalize it in a way that it helps you make sense of it all. That's what people should be doing. And I think that would be helpful to invest in. Thank you so much for all of that, Sarah. I really appreciate all that you've said. And we collectively appreciate that you were willing to say yes. And hopefully this will be really useful and helpful to our larger community. So thank you again. No problem. It was great being here with y'all. And now is the moment in our podcast where we take some time to talk about what we are into. So what are we into today? I am into my brand new pair of fuzzy slipper socks. And so I, in the winter months here, I live in Madison, feet can get cold and just socks don't cut it, but slippers can be bulky. And so I have these little slipper socks that I am just delighting in. So that's what I'm into. Very fun. I am into evening reading with my son. He has been assigned a new book, The Wishing Tree, which is I think it exceeds a second grade level vocabulary. So I am helping with words that could be challenging for a second grader, could be challenging for adults, some of them. So I am into nighttime reading of the book, The Wishing Tree, which is a a fabulous book. So Love it. I think returning to the clothing theme, there is this great store in our town called Kids Corner. And it's like secondhand. A lot of families go and drop clothes off. And it's it's got a community feel. Like there are high schoolers that are working there. And it just feels like a treasure trove. You walk in and, oh, what could be found here? And we have kids that they still slide on their knees across the floor and So I have no real interest in buying things like brand new firsthand so that in four days it could have a hole in the knee. So Kids Corner is a delightful place. I am thankful for it. Thank you, everyone, for being with us today. We will look forward to being with you again soon. If you enjoy listening to the podcast, we invite you to stay connected by signing up for our Foundry Spiritual Center newsletter, where you can learn about even more programs and offerings. You'll find a link to subscribe in the show notes or visit us anytime at foundrysc.com. Thanks again for being with us. We hope you have a great week.